Welcome to Tash Talks Soul. Hi, welcome back. Today I wanted to talk to you about the weather inside our heads. I don't really know where this episode's going to go, but I just kind of felt compelled to record it. So we live every day, every second of the day with ourselves. You can't run from yourself. You can't hide from yourself. You, no matter how hard you try, you cannot escape yourself. And at the end of the day, when everything is still and dark and quiet and you lay your head down on a pillow, guess who's there waiting? (laughs) You are. And that's why I think it's so important to do the work to make sure that you the weather inside your head is wonderful and sunny as often as it possibly can be. I think it's absolutely crucial because it we pour so much energy and attention and effort into other people, which is important. It's definitely important. As social creatures, we, you know, need to maintain wonderful relationships around us. We need that. But at the same time, why are we not pouring the same amount of effort and attention into ourselves and making sure that the person that you lay down with at night, i.e. yourself, is somebody that you actually enjoy being around, somebody that you actually have fun with, somebody you can rely on, somebody that has your back. I mean, you are your own best friend. Nobody else is ever going to fill that role for you at least not forever maybe temporarily people come people go there are what is what what is that saying that people are in your life either for a season a reason or a or maybe lifetime is the third one (laughs) I'm not sure but the reality is most people are in our lives for a season and then they go and that's okay that's just part of life that's part of the flow open the windows and the doors let the fresh air in let it circulate and let people come and let people go but there is one person that's never gonna go that you always have to come home to no matter what and that is yourself so check in with yourself and see what is your you know relationship like with yourself are you a good friend to yourself what is your self-talk like are you kind to yourself do you support yourself do you give yourself grace and do you enjoy living life as you? And if not, why not? What is it about yourself that you don't like? What is it about yourself as a person that you are not being a good friend to? If put yourself in your best friend's shoes or somebody that's close to you in your life, how would you feel being them? being friends with you? What light would you see yourself in? What parts of yourself would you love about you and then you know in the same breath you know what parts of yourself do you think you know what that's actually not in alignment with who I want to be as a person it's not in alignment with how I want to live my life and how I want to be and that's okay nobody's perfect all of us probably have areas of our life that we look at and we think okay that's not really in alignment with where I envision myself going and who I'd like to be and then what's the gap what's the gap there and then how can you bridge it and that's you know simple enough to do I remember doing a course um on self-identity and beliefs and you know who I am as a person and is that aligned with 
you know, my dreams and visions for the future. And one of the things that came up for me was I felt that I was not a very generous person. I mean, I was a generous person, but not as generous as I would like to be. And I had examples in my life of people around me and families around me that were just so incredibly generous. And it always made me go, wow, that is the definition of abundance, the overflow, the generosity that these people just give and give and give. And I thought that's how I want to be. And it's not that that's not who I am in my nature. It's just that with life being so busy and hectic and so many different things on my plate I just was finding I wasn't having the capacity to think as much about people outside of myself and my immediate sort of I don't even know what you'd call it pool that I was swimming in so my kids my immediate family and you know maybe my absolute closest friends but beyond that it was sort of off my radar because there was just so much going on for me And as part of that exercise, I thought, okay, well, that's a gap that I've identified within my character and personality and behavior that I would like to bridge. And so I started doing things and taking actions to do more for others, to give more of my time, more of my effort to, you know, when going to friends' houses, not going empty handed and just bringing a little treat or bringing something for the kids or, you know, if I cook too much of something than giving it to friends and kind of going back to my, you know, European roots of, you know, it's not just all about you. It's about the community and it's about the, your neighbors and your friends and your family and everybody's sharing. When I was growing up in Eastern Europe, we, you know, if somebody had a cow, they would share the milk with the neighbors or if somebody, you know, had an animal that they, Um, killed for meat, everybody would share, you know, if you grew vegetables or fruit and you had an abundance of a particular thing, you would go around the neighbours and you would share. And that was how we all looked after each other. You could go to the market, some butter, we had potatoes and then someone else might have a watermelon and we would swap and we all just looked after each other. And that's how I grew up. And so I wanted to embody more of that in my life now living in Australia and our society being a little bit more, um, oh, what is that word? When I did anthropology, there was sociocentric communities, societies, and there was, um, I forget the title for it, but in individual kind of centric, centered around me and my goals and my needs rather than seeing me as part of a whole. And if we are all doing well, then I, as part of that collective, am also doing well. So some societies, Western societies, are very individual um, kind of person-centred and other communities are um, more socio-centric, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So that was a part of my personality that I thought, not really gelling with this, want to come back more to this and how can I tweak my behaviours to show up as somebody that does that and behaves in that way. And I feel like I have made improvements in that area. And, you know, it's the time is probably ripe for me to sit down and look at myself as an individual again, at who I am today, and see are there any gaps with who I would like to be? Where, where am I heading? Who am I becoming? And then how do I get there? So food for thought. 
But I guess... Or you might be thinking, oh, okay, I think I've put on too much weight. I'd like to be a bit fitter. Or in my case, at the moment, I've lost a lot of weight because I've just gone through a super stressful time in my life. And so I became dangerously skinny and I'm trying to gain weight. So opposite (laughs) problem to have. But when we want to make lasting change in our lives, um, there's this thing called the hierarchy of change. So let's see if I can remember what it is. But most people, when they want to make a change, for example, a common um, goal that people have is to lose weight, right? And people um, usually make changes in their environment. So they might not buy sugary things and they might go to the gym so they'll change what's in their pantry and they'll change their environment they'll go to the gym and they'll maybe change some behavior they might work out they might try and make some healthier choices and then at the end of the day they're still battling this belief against who they are who they want to be and it just doesn't seem to be as successful but if you look at the hierarchy of change you do have the environment the behavior but then you also have your beliefs your identity so your beliefs are informed by your identity your identity informs your beliefs your beliefs inform your behavior and your behavior informs your environment so if you want to make lasting change you actually have to start making changes on the identity level which will then shape your beliefs so for example if you have an identity of i am a fit person this is just who i am this is who i believe myself to be then that's going to change your beliefs. Your beliefs are going to be, okay, well, smoking's bad for you. Eating KFC all the time is bad for you, Um, which then affects your behavior. You don't eat KFC and you don't smoke. Um, And then that changes your environment. You're not going to catch up with a friend at KFC and you're not going to, you know, hang out with people who all smoke and that's the done thing. I mean, silly examples, but I'm just trying to illustrate it in a simple way. And so if you want to make lasting change, you need to change your identity. And then how do you go about doing that? Some people do it through hypnosis, meditations, or, you know, whatever. You can do it through affirmations. You can say things to yourself. You don't have to jump straight into full-on affirmations and say, I am fit. I am healthy. I have the body of my dreams. Because if your reality is very removed from that, from your perspective, your subconscious mind is going to say, that's silly. Why are you saying that? You know that's not true. And because it kind of just shuts that gate immediately on those thoughts, they're not going to make it past the gatekeeper and penetrate into your subconscious mind, which is actually responsible for your beliefs. So how do you make those affirmations a little bit more accessible to yourself? You could try saying things like, I choose to believe that I am the kind of person that's fit, that makes good, healthy choices, or I am in the process of believing, or I am in the process of becoming somebody who's fit. And you can tailor the words and then your subconscious mind you know, might let that through the checkpoint, the BS checkpoint and go, hmm, 
you know what? Okay, no, you're right. We are in the process of believing. We're choosing to believe. We're choosing to become somebody who does do that. I am the kind of person that makes healthy choices. I am in the process of becoming somebody that makes healthy choices. Or I choose to look after myself. I'm in the process of doing a better job of looking after myself. And, you know, go nuts, whatever program yourself whichever way you like whatever resonates whatever identity shift you're trying to achieve and then once you convince yourself enough and build up your identity to become more in alignment with who you want to be that will naturally and effortlessly flow through to those other spheres of life where you're going to have healthier beliefs you're going to have healthier behavior and you're going to have a healthy environment and a healthier outcome it's just inevitable really and so then it becomes a matter of looking at your life and assessing it and figuring out where you could build yourself up to be more empowered where can you have more empowering beliefs better habits um, where can you improve yourself and then just start chipping away at yourself slowly and yeah keep working on yourself bridge that gap become the best version of yourself become somebody that's aligned with your vision for your future. Now, another thing that I think serves you well in having sunny weather in your head and becoming a bit happier with yourself and enjoying life a little bit more in living with yourself is learning to trust yourself to get yourself through difficult emotional situations. When things come up, that are difficult and heavy and tricky to process, knowing that you can rely on yourself and come out the other side is so important. I know for myself, I've developed a bit of a process where if I have an emotional surprise or setback or disappointment and something that emotionally wounds me, in some way to varying degrees of generally I find that I can trust myself and know that I'm going to be probably quite down and quite depressed for maybe one or two days depending on what's happened and this will be pretty down in the dumps difficult to find moments of joy during the day where I'm really leaning into the feelings of what's happened I'm allowing myself to think of the worst case scenario and feel everything that comes up and sometimes our bodies just want to feel certain emotions our bodies crave to feel certain emotions and if you find yourself having thoughts that float up that you're not processing um, thoughts with emotion attached to them that you're not processing because you feel overwhelmed by them perhaps or sometimes I feel like we lock ourselves away from feeling emotions and put a wall up against them and kind of push that experience away to protect ourselves because it's almost like if we give into it then it's like we almost drown into it and it will overwhelm us and then we will never recover but that's just not true our body can only hold an emotion for a certain length of time and it's the same with panic attacks your body can only sustain a panic attack for so long I think it's something like 10 minutes and then once it rides that wave 
then it's done. Your body's felt it, your mind's felt it, you've leaned into it. And then that desire to keep coming back to it and your body's and subconscious mind's desire for you to process it, it just dissipates. And so I give myself the grace to lean into these uncomfortable feelings. And if I have to cry and be really, really upset and just barely functioning, then that's okay. And then I find naturally once I let those feelings wash over me and I ride those waves, eventually the waves stop coming because I felt what there is to feel. You know that saying, to heal it, you got to feel it. <laughs> and it's like that kid's song, you can't go over it, you can't go under it. Oh no, the only, we have to go through it. <laughs> That's that bear hunt book. Um, so I find once I get to that place, then the next couple of days generally go something like this, where I start looking at a big picture. I try to put it into perspective. I try to reframe it. This is the time where I might sit down and do a whole heap of journaling, meditating. I try to look at it really rationally and think, okay, well, where does this fit into the big picture of my life? Is this part of some divine plan? You know, rejection is redirection. And okay, this didn't go how I wanted it to, but maybe there's something better for me. Maybe I'm actually dodging a bullet here. What is the silver lining? Or maybe I absolutely had to feel all those feelings and experience these setbacks because there's a huge lesson in here for me. Am I learning more about myself? Am I, yeah, am I meeting myself on a deeper level? Am I learning new skills through this? Am I learning a new way of being or am I learning about something that doesn't work for me? And something that I don't want to be a part of my life, really, if I'm honest with myself. So I spend a couple of days doing that. And then by the end of that usually takes probably about five days. And then so roughly it takes me about a week, this cycle. And then the following two days, I felt what I felt. I've looked at it big picture. I've reframed it. And now usually I'm in a better mood, in a lighter mood. And I lean into that. And I try to get myself as high vibe as possible. And for me, sometimes that's dancing. I love to dance. Um, dancing and moving your body is actually really therapeutic, even therapeutic tremoring. I think sports athletes um, use this technique. Animals do this. If you see an animal like a dog run into a wall and hit its head and then it just shakes it off. And little kids little kids are always moving and if you watch a little kid having a tantrum they're processing these huge waves of emotion and their body's almost like spasming their bodies move and then afterwards they run around they jump they move there's an innate wisdom in that emotions get stuck they get lodged in our bodies and it really helps to just shake them out you can do an angry dance in your living room where you're stomping and you're punching and you're shaking your arms and your legs and mean scream if you have to just get it out move it let it flow through you and once you do that I promise you there will come a point where you'll be left standing in your living room or wherever you are and thinking huh I feel quite done now I feel quite neutral now I feel okay um so I find that really helps me clear out the debris and start to feel a little bit more high vibe um 
listening to my favorite music, going for a drive when it's a beautiful sunny day or even a gloomy day, rolling down the window, smelling the air, how the air smells. It might smell like flowers um, if it's spring and, you know, jasmine trees are blossoming and if you go down for a drive down by the beach, the smell of the ocean is just wonderful and just let your body experience the senses, eat something yummy, smell something good, go for a drive, feel the sunshine on your skin. I mean, get out in nature, go for a walk, whatever works. For some people it might be having a bath or catching up with a friend or going to see a movie, going out in a big crowd of people, whatever fills you up, replenishes you and brings about that feeling of, you know, when you're overwhelmed by joy, by love, by joy, when that feeling rises up through your body, up through your chest, almost gets stuck at your throat. And sometimes you feel it so much, you even start to cry. And if you look at it from an energetic perspective, that energy is going up through all of your chakras, up through your third eye, hence the crying, and then up through your crown chakra and out of your head. And from an energetic perspective, that's almost like a, it's a full cycle. It's a lesson learned. So these energies rise up through your body, they transmute, and once it passes up through your crown chakra and back out to source, that's a completion of a cycle. You've had the incoming energies, you've sat with them, you've processed them, you've transmuted them, and then they've left your system. Let that joy transmute the difficulty into joy and return it back to source. And it's just such a beautiful, overwhelming feeling. I mean, I don't... Maybe you guys can relate if you have kids when you look at your baby and you just feel so overwhelmed, like it almost chokes you up just how perfect they are. Or if you've ever had a little baby kitten or a baby puppy and you look at them and think, oh my God, you're amazing. You're so cute. I just want to eat you up. You're adorable. And the feeling of overwhelm of all that love and happiness and joy. Or when things really go your way and you think, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. I'm so lucky. This is the best thing ever. And that overwhelm of joy. Tap into that feeling, whatever you need to do to get there. Cultivate practices that bring you back there. For me, listening to my favourite songs and dancing, that brings me there. That makes me feel super duper high vibe. But I know that I'm not afraid to let life in, that I'm not afraid to experience setbacks and disappointments and that when things happen, I know that I've got my own back, that I might have an emotional setback which hurts me in the moment, but I know that I've got a process to work through it. I'm holding my own hand. I'll look after myself. I'm not going to let myself fall or get right back up and it's okay. And I think that being able to rely on yourself to hold your own hand through life is crucial in cultivating a really good relationship with yourself and embracing life, opening yourself up to experiences, letting it all just wash over you and stop putting a wall up against it, stop resisting it and trying to hold it at bay and keep it out. Because I think if you're holding life at arm's length because you're too afraid to be overwhelmed by emotion or whatever it may bring up for you, then you're not really experiencing things to the fullest. It's not scary to allow your body to ride that wave because the waves do end eventually and by the end of it, you'll be left feeling a lot better rather than trying to avoid it and run away from it. I mean, it'll just keep on coming up. You can't avoid it forever. So 
that's my two cents on what it means to have good positive weather in your head and to cultivate a good healthy relationship with yourself so have a think see what you reckon um see if it resonates but hope you have a great day bye